0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the NX Show. This is episode 13. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Deering, and alongside me, as always, is that retro code, Eddie V.
1: Welcome to Indie World, the code name NX version.
2: Hello, everybody.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Also joining us is the wise Wisconsinite, Jesse Douglas.
2: How's it going, everyone?
0: Uh, Ray is not joining us because he's doing his uh, 500-follower stream. Uh, so congratulations to Ray. Uh very proud of him. Very 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 happy for his success over on, on twitch.tv slash Ray Apollo. So uh go follow him, go give him some love and uh yeah. Yeah, so it's help just, him
2: reach that six hundred. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh
0: yeah, it's been a it's been a week. Uh, I didn't expect all this news to happen, but here we are. <laughs> we uh, we have a lot to cover today, so our what we've been playing section will be pretty pretty short this week. But uh, before we get started, I do want to go over some housekeeping. Uh, remember, next week we are giving away Astral Chain here on the NX Show next Saturday live. So if you want to uh, want a copy, make sure you uh, send us an email at contact at codenameNX.com. Of your subscription to our YouTube channel, our podcast feed, or our Twitch channel. Uh, If you review us and rate us and send that in as well, that grants you a second entry. So there's actually four chances for you to win if you send all four in the same email. So uh, actually, I was going through our podcast feed uh, on Podbean the other day, and our numbers are going up. So I want to appreciate it. I appreciate everybody who uh, is subscribing to the NX show. Uh, I do apologize that the video version hasn't really been quite up to snuff. Like I was telling these guys before we started recording, uh, I've been kind of behind on a lot of things and, uh, I, I apologize for that, but, uh, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna keep going with this and we're going to keep, uh, keep going. And, and I will, and then next week, hopefully will be a better quality video version for everybody to watch. So, uh, but anyways, remember, we are The NX Project. You can follow us on the internet at CodenameNX.com. You can download The NX Show every Wednesday morning on your podcast service of choice. You can join our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash The NX Project. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The NX Show. And like our Facebook page and follow all of us around the internet. Uh, we'll do all that plugs, all those plugs later in the show. But uh anyways let's let's get into it that I know that housekeeping was kind of short but also we have a lot to cover today and uh, kind of kind of sh- a little short on time because uh, you know my my parents are coming over to see the baby today in about an hour and a half so <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, let's get into what we've been playing. Uh, I'm gonna start this week because I don't ever start uh, and I'm sure it'll go pretty quickly. Yeah, that's right, Ed. You're going last, just for that face. Uh, so, <laughs> or not at all. I'm just, <laughs> kid. I'm just kidding. Uh, so I've actually been playing a lot of Halo lately. A lot of Halo Five on on uh, on Mixer. It's it's been a lot of fun. I've been playing some competitive Halo, and it's uh, tell you what. After you finally get into a match, because some for some reason I've had a lot of troubles getting into matches because of errors not because of player count but mostly because of uh and server errors or whatever but uh it's been a lot of fun i i am just i mean it i i've gotten so into it that i actually went back to destiny with my cousin yesterday uh and we were playing some crucible on destiny i was like oh boy i want to go back and play halo real bad right now Uh, it's just that Halo Five multiplayer feels really good, uh, especially when you're. Uh, we we actually this week tested out a uh, gameplay mode that I've never played before, uh, Fiesta and big team Fiesta. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Jesse, I I played with you last weekend in, in Fiesta. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. And uh, it was it was a lot of fun just seeing yeah. how like all the different playing with all the different weapons and stuff.
2: Uh, Yeah, because you randomly start with a different weapon every time you respawn. It was so awesome. Yeah, and sometimes,
0: (laughs) sometimes you would start with like, like the one match, the one match I started with the plasma pistol and the the regular pistol. But then the next match I started with that big like plasma grenade launcher and (laughs) and the Spartan laser, and I was just wrecking people. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. So like,
2: you never know what you're gonna get, and it's just kind of like, yeah that game type is like is seriously worth going back to that game Is it like for. first
1: first play uh like musical chairs in a sense?
2: Well it just it's just yeah you just randomly get start out with different weapons like mm. and that's both of them like both weapons your first and your secondary but like so like it's you know like you're doing all the 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 different game types and the big team battle stuff but then you've then you're every time you die you respawn with new weapon like different weapons so it can get like really crazy it is there it was great i think i recorded it but like when me and Corey were playing, I, I, I shot a, the, I had the grenade launcher and I shot a grenade and I was trying to bounce it at, uh, at another guy. But all of a sudden, a guy just comes running from uh, behind a wall and he runs right into my grenade and gets blown up. Wow, <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> I'm uh, just like, oh man, that's like perfect timing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I also like this the scatter grenades. The, uh, the yeah the uh... I want to say Promethean grenades, but that's not it. The the
2: the ones that like yeah, have the, all those like scatter, little the
0: red scatter ones that like kind yeah. of build like a wall of explosions and like if they run through it they get they explode. Like I yeah. really found those super useful, which I never really had before. Uh, and like getting the timing down on sticky grenades is also very different from Destiny, <laughs> uh, yeah. because like I play Titan and I use the fusion grenades from the Solar class and like you know that they're slow they're definitely way slower than they are in, in halo and uh getting that timing down I, I i had just gotten the timing down and then when we were playing playing crucible last night i was like man these fusion grenades are super slow like it's weird going back and forth from destiny to halo and I, i'm i like mm-hmm. i really wish destiny played faster like halo does like i just i really fish wish yeah. it was like you know and it, destiny plays more like halo like I, I also Old popped in, yeah exactly like I popped in the Master Chief collection the other day and like it actually plays more along the lines of Halo 2 and 3 than it does you know current Halo and and uh which is which is understandable because it's Bungie and that's that's their engine and yeah. how they have their movement set up and like it definitely yeah. feels that way right uh yeah but it's uh, It was just kind of jarring, too, because Halo runs at 60 frames a second the whole time and is very shiny and very colorful, and then you go to Destiny and, like... Not that, you know, there's anything wrong with this art style or anything, but Destiny kind of feels slow and, and faded and not Blant. almost as non-responsive as, as Halo and, uh, like, the environments and stuff, unless you go to, like, uh, uh, Leviathan or uh some of the like maybe Nessus uh you know like the colors aren't as vibrant and bold as they are in Halo and it mm-hmm. kinda has this washed out look to it almost and uh mm-hmm. you know I just I I'm really just uh I'm really loving going back into Halo and, and uh you know I've I've i found uh a, a, I've rekindled my love for Halo so much that it's like when, every time I go back to Destiny now, it's like, man, I want to go back and play Halo. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> it's so weird. Destiny, I'm thinking, kind of needs to cut a palette of No Man's Sky, in a sense.
0: Yeah, I kind of like, I kind of wish, like, and, and and I don't know what the future of Destiny holds yet, but like, mm-hmm. I kind of what because like I assume there's probably gonna be a Destiny three at some point, you know uh although i wouldn't mind if they built on destiny 2 but like if they did like an engine upgrade or whatever i would almost like them to take a more stylized approach to yeah uh you know not that it's like super realistic or anything but i like i would like them because like the way it is in like the comics and like concept art and stuff it's like very uh cell shade is the wrong word but kind of has like a very distinct art style and like you get into the game, and it's kind of more of just it's more realistic than that art style that they kind of put out there. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, I, I wish it was more like Halo and more bold and more like when you see bright colors, they're bright. When you see shadows, mm-hmm. like the shadows, kind of really still feel like the bold colors just in, in shadow. You know, like the lights, lighting, and stuff. So uh, I don't know. But going back to Halo this week was really awesome. And,
1: uh, oh, I was just I was going to say, I, I feel like Destiny kind of needs a Japanese aesthetic, in a sense. Ed, you think everything needs
0: a Japanese aesthetic? I,
1: but I, I think because of the armor and the I way I think Platinum
0: Games should develop Destiny Three, Edward Varnell.
1: Do you yeah. think people would be
0: upset? <laughs> it'd probably, it'd probably feel more like Vanquish. <laughs> <laughs> and I would take that. I mean, that that would be actually pretty cool. So I take everything <laughs> I just said back. Uh, but, uh, last thing before we move on, I know we are only talking about a little bit cause we got a lot to get through, but, uh, I want to give a shout out to my, uh, little cousin Owen who, uh, did his first live stream last night on mixer with me and my cousin Michael. So we, he's, uh, how old is he? Nine, 10, somewhere in there. And, uh, dude, he's like a master at Fortnite, which I know a lot of kids that age are, but like we were <laughs> playing, we were playing Fortnite with him last night and he was just, killing it so uh you know and and it was weird because like i didn't i didn't realize he was watching me on mixer and uh he uh my my mom texted me she's like are you doing something on the internet right now i'm like yeah i'm streaming on the internet she's like well y- you uh your cousins are watching i'm like who's watching me so i pulled up the chatter list because it gives you a list of people who are in your chat uh, mm-hmm. and i saw him i'm like who Nick, he's like, she's like, no, Owen. I'm like, oh, hey, Owen, and like, I guess he went crazy because we were talking about him on online. So that was kind of cool, because like he wants he wants to do that. Like he's he's like uh he set up his own YouTube channel and everything. So uh, I told him I would help him with it. So that that was kind of cool to see. Like, oh man, like that's just it's sometimes you just forget like when you're doing stuff on the internet that like real people might be watching you. So. Yes. Also, my mom watched a little bit, so hi mom. <laughs> <laughs> I always say hi mom on my streams now because, like, somehow somehow she doesn't she doesn't know how to use a computer, but when you install apps on her iPad, she just punches it in and she knows what she's doing. I'm like, huh, oh, well, good for you, I guess. <laughs> so, good job, Moms. good job, mom. Mom,
1: sweet <laughs>
2: Uh But Jesse, what are you? What have what have you been playing this week? all right so i uh i ended up picking up uh remnant from the ashes right away i i pre-ordered it yeah and uh so i've been playing that and it's it's a very difficult game like i i played like for like an hour and a half the other day of just trying to beat the boss that i'm at and i still (laughs) haven't yet uh so it's it's like basically like the the best way to explain it is it's like it's like a Souls game, it's like like playing Dark Souls and stuff like that, but but it's almost like a mix of like of Dark Souls and either Fallout or or uh, you know something something along the lines of Fallout because like you get you have different. Different outf- uh, armor and stuff like that that you can unlock or or buy or find, you know, similar to any kind of RPG game. Um, where you, and then you can also like at, when you destroy stuff or or characters, you get that you know things will drop uh, either currency or or it will drop iron and stuff like that. And so then what, the way they have their thing set up is, is every weapon that you have can be upgraded, um, to be more powerful and be better, you know, and things like that. And so, but you, it's just a matter of having the currency. Mm-hmm. So like, and, and then the iron, like you, you have to have the, the, you know, the material to, to use with the currency to, upgrade your guns and so like it, it does a like a uh not a re not a re-roll or anything like that but it does like where like it when you go over your gun and you 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 know like go to the uh thing that says to upgrade it will tell you what the stats will be once you upgrade it mm-hmm. and it will tell you like how much more damage it does and things like that now like where it gets where it gets kind of interesting for me is when you get to the armor stuff, like you can upgrade the, your armor and stuff as well, but each armor piece has its own like, um, stats for, for the protect, like what it protects you against, you know, like protection against bleeding against, uh, Rot, which is a uh, like this um infection type thing that, that certain characters can give you. And then like uh like fire and like there's a there's at least like six or seven different things that 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 have their own stats. And so it will be either a positive or a negative number. And so like basically like you're trying to figure out a good balance of of those positive and negative numbers on each piece of armor They're to try to boss. yeah to try to so, so like if you're going against like certain certain enemies you know and in, in a level like you're gonna want like the like I said there's the ones that can cause rot the rot. Uh, so you'd want to have a, you know, like try to have something that can protect you better against that. Now, starting out in the beginning, uh, there isn't, you don't have a lot of options as far as outfits go and things like that. Um, because obviously, you know, like you're just kind of starting out, but, um, but I I'm sure as you go on, there'll be a lot of different things you can get and like try to really fool around with those stats. And then, and then I believe, you know, as you upgrade the armor and stuff, I, I'm not sure, but I think maybe some of those numbers might change and go up or, you know, or whatever and, Mm -hmm. and better, you know, uh, defend against certain things. Um, but, for me, the really big seller of this game is like it, it does all those things really well. It does the it does the gun, the fight, you know, the shooting and stuff feels amazing. It feels like you're playing like a division game. I mean, it just the shooting feels awesome um the the melee attacks and stuff like that feel good and stuff too like the only thing that's kind of a little different that took some getting used to is unlike dark souls and stuff like that it doesn't really have a lock on button that i know of like where you will lock on an enemy and then you know you can you know just attack at them or whatever it's 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 unchained so so like you you just kind of swipe at things and you dodge and all that stuff like you would do in Dark Souls, but you just don't lock onto a character like you do in those games. And and like once they got used to it, it's fine. It, it it's not a big deal at all because you can attack. You know when you swing, if multiple characters are in front of you, you'll you'll hit multiple characters at a time. So so it it's not it like they've kind of you know, like set it up and it, it it works really well. But like, uh, um, like I was saying, the one thing that sells it for me is so me, you Ed, Corey, um, Ray, all of us could start a game from the beginning, all pick the same exact character. And, but our, our games would look completely different. Would, would start out in different, you know, like we'd go to different parts of the worlds, we'd you know, go against different bosses, we'd go against different enemies, all the way through the whole entire game, because every single thing in this game is completely uh, randomly generated. So... So, like, no one person has the same exact experience ever throughout the entire game. So, like, you may see a boss that I went against in the very beginning. You might see it closer, you know, like, hours and hours and hours and hours in.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But, but still the world that you're seeing that boss in won't look like mine did. Because every building and all that stuff is procedurally generated and so it's in in a lot of ways it's very similar to like to like uh you know like some of the roguelike games where where the whole you know the worlds are procedurally generated but even with a lot of them like it's there's still a lot of things that are very similar uh but with this they it literally there's just like they've they have all the assets of the all the different kinds of worlds and stuff and it just kind of loads different parts into that world so so not nothing ever will look the same no matter who's playing it so that like that in my and my opinion i think is like gonna be the future of like of gaming once we get you know, these more powerful consoles and I could really see them, you know, going crazy with a lot of that stuff. Like, you know, like the idea of of a, of a single player game that that, you know, a campaign that has completely different campaigns or, or different looks, you know, you know, depending on who's playing it is a really cool idea. Like, you know, like, could you imagine if, like, when, like, someone, someone, if you and someone else were playing, like, Horizon Zero Dawn, but the world looked completely different, you know, depending on who, you know, who's playing it, like, things like that, like, uh, like, that's really interesting to me, you know, if we have something like that moving forward uh that becomes more and more often you know it
1: would have to be more against digging in that rogue that rogue like um design into Mm -hmm. it because like some people if they're not paying attention that you're getting every all players are getting different worlds they won't they would not even recognize that they're playing a rogue style kind of game
2: yeah yeah and it's and like what's cool though is so like you know it is a co-op game so in and it's unlike a lot of the other games like the you know like the souls games and stuff a lot of times some of those games are kind of uh uh finicky when it comes to trying to join people in their game depending on like what your levels are and all that stuff Mm -hmm. with this game you don't have to worry about any of that stuff it like it unfortunately i think it it scales to whoever has the higher level uh so that means if your friend that's joining you is a higher level than you then it will scale to that person uh but but i feel like for the most part it's like you know you can always just kind of start a you know like have your friends get to a certain point or whatever or or it doesn't really matter because honestly like in the beginning it's you know it doesn't make too much of a difference Your upgrading of things because it's more along the lines of you just upgrading your skills of like you know like you have certain skills and things that you can put on on guns and stuff as well Mm -hmm. uh like different uh you know things that that the effects that the guns can have kind of similar to like destiny and stuff like what they have like where a certain skill on the gun will will you know or 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 division too. so like yeah it's like it's honestly like a mix between like like dark souls division and and Fallout, like kind of a mix like a a good mix of those three games and uh I'm, I'm loving it. You know, it is like, it is like a Souls game. It's very difficult. Like at times the bosses, like the boss that I'm on, I think has like six, there's like one long health bar, but there's like six sections or seven sections to it. And I got really close once to beating them. All I had was like one and a half bars left of his health to, to finish. But like, it's definitely set up more for co-op to you know it, they want you to play with friends um and what's cool is like you could join my game and and anything that you that you collect while you're playing in my game you bring back to your world so like you might like get materials from uh bosses that that you haven't gone against yet cuz each boss like drops and like certain uh powerful characters drop specific uh, materials that you can use to make boss weapons they're called and so there's like really powerful weapons that you can make and, and upgrade and stuff but you have to kill certain enemies or or like the bosses and you use those materials to get special weapons and things like that mm-hmm. and yeah it's it's an amazing game and like, like everywhere online that I'm looking and stuff like everyone's giving it a really good rating. I think the lowest rating that I've seen was a was an eight out of ten. Um, but but like people who are playing it and stuff are giving it at least like a four point five out of five or or a nine out of ten or you know like on Steam it's I think it's got a nine out of ten. Um, I guess it was it was the number one selling game on Steam like when it first started coming out already. Like it just started selling like really fast on on Steam, so like it, it sounds like a lot of people are enjoying it, and and uh, I definitely am, and and I'm looking forward to uh, trying to play some co-op eventually because I know for sure Ed, you're getting it, so yes, so we'll, we'll but but I yeah like. I, I, suggest people go and check this game out. Like, is if you, if you're looking for a really fun game that you can play with friends, like, I honestly think this is a really good, a really good, uh, game and it's only 40 bucks. So, I mean, it's, you know, c- kind of, uh, of, uh, um, you know, uh, a uh, good deal. Bar- bar- yeah, bargain game. Uh, but it, it, you know, and there's, there's things about it, obviously, like if it, if they did it a little bit more bigger scale and, and more polish, you know, they could make it a, a $60 game, but I honestly, I love it the way it is. I think it's, I think like it's, uh, it's lack of polish almost, uh, Gives it gives it the feel of like what you, what what it's trying to do like it's supposed to feel like you're kind of in the gritty and and these different like like and uh, inf- alien infested like worlds and things like that so. Um, and the other thing too, the last thing I'll say is like, I'm really enjoying, like normally when in games, you know, like they have like in RPGs, they have like where you can find like diaries and, and things like that, that you can read that kind of tell you stuff about stories and things about the people that were in that world or whatever to make it feel like it's lived in or whatever. They do a pretty good job of that kind of stuff in here too. Like. There, there's like computer logs and things because it, it, like the whole idea is there's these aliens and and it's dealing with the people. And so there's like uh, different scientists and stuff that have logs on their computers. But these areas are completely deserted now. Um, so you're kind of learning about what was happening uh, before like everyone was gone and like what's going on you know, in this world that you're in. So, uh, and I'm actually enjoying reading that stuff and all that, which I normally don't, I just ignore that stuff usually in most games, but I'm finding it very interesting and, and just really interested in learning what, what's going on in this world and stuff like that. So, so yeah, definitely go check that out. Uh, if you're interested, if that sounds like something that you'd, uh, you'd want to play uh there's i'm sure there's a lot of video and stuff of it too out there people um i did record some stuff um but yeah so you actually yeah you can go to my mixer (laughs) my mixer channel and you can watch some of my video of me playing that on there even too so oh you're muted (laughs) oh whoops uh
0: what is your mixer channel jesse what is where can they find you there
2: it's phantom and then lowercase n and then uh, uppercase nxs, and that'll be changing soon. Uh, next month i just i was changing my name in my browser on my phone and like the like i couldn't see what i was typing in and i didn't realize that i hit n twice and i clicked save and then i didn't realize it until after it was too late because now you can only change your your uh mixer name once per month uh so now i gotta wait until next month to to fix that but it's not a big deal so yeah for now it's that but it will just be phantom nxs uh by by september so
0: okay it's you know i wanted to let people know where to find you yeah speaking of mixer ed what have you been playing so
1: um just gonna do a quick rundown uh on xbox one i've been doing the halo 5 campaign but you guys could also check up on my mixer page i'm I'm going to be recording the whole campaign and later editing some videos about it. So, you guys what is, be able to check does that, that out. It?
0: What is that mixer channel? It's okay. the
1: lyrical one, capital D A, capital L Y R I C A L one. So, you'll be able to find me there. I still am on Twitch. That's going to be more for my PlayStation stuff when I get around to it. But I've been focusing a little bit on Grandia HD playing the first one getting really far into that game i think i'm at the halfway point at it uh, but i also picked up oninaki uh this is one from tokyo rpg factory the company who did lost sphere and uh some other titles and this is an action rpg where you meet different daemons around and when you get that daemon um they will work with you to give, like, do special attacks, or and actually be your weapon that you would use to do a melee. And this game is bleak, <laughs> so it kind of it deals with, um, you know, you are a watcher, and you are a person who help spirits who have uh, long gone from that world to carry over for reincarnation. Uh, but the thing about it is, there are some people who don't want to go. So um, you, as a watcher, have to find a way to help them, you know, realize that it's okay to move on and stuff. And there's multiple characters in it, but you play as one, uh, Kiguchi, uh You play as him, and he kind of have no regrets, sending people or even killing people in the world that there's in, so that they could go with that person and stuff and it was just like the first like 15 20 minute story beat and i was just like wait what (laughs) and you know people uh there's a lot of things that deals with sacrifice and stuff and it's it. at the cutscenes are kind of anime um but it's really kind of fun. It, it takes a while to learn because there are two parallel worlds. There's uh, the light world and kind of the uh, purgatory dark world. Where when you're in the light world, you can't see the spirits, but you can see an outline with them. Um, but if you go into the purgatory mode, you will see them and you can actually speak to them. Where the uh, light people are, you know, are in a shadow. Um, when it comes to gameplay uh, with you, with your daemon, you will also uh, continually to um, level up. But you also get these blue spirits, and with those blue spirits, you could go to a skill tree for that daemon, and uh, release uh, their potential with more powers and with more specials. Um, but you gotta be weary. If you're in the light world, you do minimum damage so you can do a good basic damage of attacks and not and you yourself won't lose life but if you go into the purgatory world um you could do a lot of damage but they also take a lot of damage out of you so if you stay there and you're and you're thinking that you're gonna be able to fight a boss or anything they could take two or three hits off of you and you're dead um, and so you'll continue to get game over So I've got some game overs in it because I was still learning the world but it's like the more work you level the more you level up and the more work you put into your uh daemon the stronger you would get so you'll be able to survive Um mm. when you're in the light world when you walk through that whole area you'll uncover uh, the map But if you go to Purgatory You gotta work that whole world all over again In order to uh, Uncover that same map So um, You just gotta be weary on What uh, Weary of what strategy you plan On using and stuff And where you're gonna be trying to fight Um, But it's a really great game I don't know how long it is Um but it feels this one feels more approachable than lost fear in a sense because lost fear, as good as a game that is, you really don't get a chance to grind and level up and like really face a boss. You in lost fear, you kind of like if you whatever enemy that you could see, you bet you really just got have to force fight them because you're going to need that experience to get better. Um, and sometimes they don't, uh they don't uh, respawn or anything so sometimes you have to leave that whole level, go somewhere for a few minutes and then come back so you can fight them again. Um, not so much with uh, Oninaki you can fight enemies in the light world and then switch over to the dark world and still gain levels and still get okay. powerful so um, the more damage you meet, the more weapons you will get um, and the more powers you can unlock. Um, also, you can unlock the memories of the demons to understand their story of why they are attached to you and who they were in their previous life. So, um, hmm. it's a really it's a really fun game. Uh, it's, it's I think it was forty dollars. I think when I got it, it was on sale for thirty one ninety nine. Um, so it was a game that I actually pre-purchased when I brought Grandia HD. So. Um, It's a really really good game. I can see why it's getting kind of like 7s or 8s. There are some problems uh, with the frame rate. Um, So, right now, it's version 1.01, and I think they're going to be, hopefully, they'll send some patches and fix some things on it. So, but Oninike is kind of like my RPG at the moment with Grandia HD, but I'm still trying to do Fire Emblem, Fire, uh, Final Fantasy IX, and Ultimate Alliance. I have a lot on my plate, so uh, but yeah, Oninike is my game that I'll be playing.
2: Nice, nice, yeah, that sounds interesting.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, I'm interested to see how Tokyo uh, RPG Factory kind of you know, get, gets going because it seems like I Am Setsuna was received as like, okay, this is their first game. How are they going to follow this up? And then Lost Fear, like seems to have taken a step back from what I Am Setsuna was. And mm-hmm. then this one is also receiving middling reviews uh, with with a positive spin on it. But like, I wonder how long they're going to keep trying this, especially since there are other games that Sony is or uh, Square Enix is producing Mm -hmm. that uh, are seem like they are are making it, you know.
1: I think this is like middleware B tier games just like the fill in the gaps and I think they do a fantastic job at that you know it's just something that is there and whenever you are ready to play or you want to have like a high quality experience it's there for people to get so um, I think they could, they can continue on um, I they may just need to actually think of doing different art styles uh, and stuff um, and try some, and try, just try something different because even though OniNaki OniNaki is a different type of game, they're using kind of like their brand new default look in art style with their characters, um, but just a little bit high res. And I think they could, they, I think they need to change it up. Like I think something like Octopath Traveler, that sixteen bit sixteen bit style, I think would work wonders for them if they decide to do it. But I mean, their games are suitable and playable, so yeah.
0: Nice. Well, what do you say we get into some of this news since there's a ton?
1: Ooh, <laughs> goodness. <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> from, I, before, from Monday to Tuesday.
0: <laughs> uh, before we uh, move ahead with the news, I do want to say that we are actually talking about moving the show from Twitch to Mixer. Uh, the NX Show has a Mixer page. You can go follow it at uh, mixer.com slash the NX Show. Uh, and then... You know, you can follow all three of us on Mixer as well. Uh, so, uh, it's, I'm, a, like, I, I know we're trying to get in the news, but I'm really enjoying Mixer, to be quite honest with everybody. It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's been a very pleasant experience, ex- especially last week, uh, or, well, a couple days ago now, actually, since uh, you guys were in the chat, and then, you know, they, I've been in some Mixer, uh, Facebook communities and there are some partners in there that have been really helpful and encouraging and stuff. And, and, you know, it's been a really pleasant experience. So, uh,
2: I like the whole currency thing where you kind of can, uh, help, help discoverability by, uh, people who are watching, Mm -hmm. uh, you can, you can, you know, uh, use your, your spark and, and all, or the, all the different, uh, things that they have in it and like when you post stickers or or things like that i i believe the way that works is it helps your notoriety it like helps you like be uh seen more or maybe that's the other ones the i, I forget what they're the called embers. like the the embers yeah yeah so like that that takes like real world money but but it it helps you it helps people um be discovered and and things like that and so it's like it's kind of like you're you know like you're you're paying you're helping pay to get the get them you know people be noticed and seen and stuff like that it's a really it's a really interesting setup how they have everything and just like the whole sticker things and stuff and like all of it like from what i understand all of it kind of helps but yeah but you know
0: I also like the co-streaming stuff where like yeah people like it's like on twitch you can host people yeah and like if you're hosting through mixer like it actually bumps like if you're hosting people will say that that channel is going live but bring you to your channel and Mm -hmm. then like you you get that person's viewers as well and then the co-streaming stuff where like they kind of combine both channels and all the viewers from both channels or three channels or four channels or whatever <laughs> like they're all in the same chat which is yep. inc- incredibly smart you know because like, yeah it like if you want to co-stream with someone on twitch you just kind of like can't really do it like that's not yeah. really a thing yeah so i think the co-streaming stuff is incredibly smart too so
2: yeah and the hype, the hype zone kind of does that too like if you have if you have people already in your on your channel watching you and the the hype zone uh, picks you to be hosted you know to them be showing you showing what you're doing on, on their hype zone channel then all the people who are watching that hype zone channel will be brought to your to your channel and will be watching while they while they're hosting you or while they're co-streaming or hosting you or whatever, yeah. and then and then once once they they move on to the next person, people have the have a choice to stay there and watch, continue watching you, yeah, or or move on with the rest of the group, and that's really cool because I I've twice I had it had that happen, and the one time uh, when the hype zone came, two people stayed and watched for a little bit, mm-hmm. so. So that's another cool way to bring people to your channel and help you get discovered. Like just by playing, you know, certain games, you can help get, you know, get discovered. And and just playing, you know, like something that's a little bit different from whatever everyone else is playing, that that will ultimately on here help you get discovered too. Because like me and Ed were kind of talking about it a little bit before we started the show. I was, you know, I was. I was looking at stuff like all the people that they were showing, like uh, at the main page, and and at first I thought it was just showing a bunch of Fortnite people, but it was all people playing something other than Fortnite and and stuff like that, which is you know cool that they're 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 not just like promoting the people who have a million viewers who are playing Fortnite, they're they're hosting people who are playing other things or uh advertising people who are playing other things and people who are you know need help getting more viewers and stuff like that so it's like it it definitely seems to be better about that and that's something that twitch doesn't really do as well i feel like like helping helping uh, people who don't have as many uh viewers and stuff like that but yeah yeah
0: I uh so like I said i I met some people in some mixer communities and like they hosted my my stream and and you know people stuck around and chatted like I think there was like 16 or 17 people in my chat at at one point and I'm like and that was like really crazy and I know you guys were in there and and it was mm-hmm. that was probably my fa- the favorite my favorite stream i think i've ever done was that mm. night and i you know shout out to Can gaming and uh battle bugs and uh darth for all hosting and chatting and and, and blades also so uh, and i have a few new xbox friends too so yeah uh, that, was, that was that was that was cool i i really mm-hmm. thought that was a cool thing so uh, mm-hmm. but anyways this news we get we got news uh there's so much news. I don't even know how to get through it all. Uh, first of all, I kind of want to touch on the the Game Informer layoff stuff. And, you know, a lot of people just think it's a magazine or whatever. But I actually really enjoyed their online content as, mm-hmm. much, as, as much as their magazine. And, and, you know, for people who don't know, Game Informer had seven people laid off this week because of a GameStop restructuring. And they were all pretty – for people who follow – Game Informer, they were all pretty vital to the Game Informer system, and just watching mm-hmm. that train wreck this week was, was just really, really sad. I, uh, you know, I kind of reached out to them and, and, and through Twitter and, and kind of wished them all well and kind of feel, I even feel bad for like the people who are still there and even the higher-ups at Game Informer because that wasn't their choice, you know, and like... Right. Um, Andy
1: uh, McNamara on the Game Informer show was just like, literally feel like he was about to bust into tears. I know, I thought, like, I, I, hated can't believe,
0: I can't believe he was like holding it together you know, yeah. because on, on Twitter he was like, you know the, you know how you get together with people and like, yeah, you, you work with people and, and technically it's a job, you go, you do your work, you get paid, whatever, but you, you build friendships and, and mm. with a team that small, you kind of like build a family around it and you, right. you kind of build camaraderie with everybody and then All of a sudden, just half of your family is gone and half of your and your workload doubles and you just kind of feel terrible all the time, you know, and like they've had to delay a bunch of stuff like Jesse, you and I were talking specifically. They don't even know if the podcast is going to continue right now because of all the work that they now have to put into restructuring Mm -hmm. what Game Informer is. And like I really thought they were going to sell Game Informer before they started laying people off. That was my initial thought was like well if gamestop goes under i wonder if game informer will exist a, as its own entity if they'll try uh-huh. to <laughs> buy themselves out if the, they'll uh be sold you know the funny thing is Informer is strong enough that they can stand on and i
1: think people yeah i mean that's
0: like, that's the thing t- that's what you said it that's the thing they they're the only part of gamestop's business that's had an upswing year over year yeah mm-hmm so sorry yeah, and they, i didn't
1: mean to interrupt you ed I, oh no no I, I i'm just agreeing with you like i personally think they could stand out i think there are enough people enough people who still read their magazine and still go to their um digital content and they have a big things of, of, of subscribers and stuff you know i well, think and, yeah go ahead jesse
2: well in there i was just gonna say and and yeah they're just they're just so good at what they do like Mm -hmm. you know like that's why like you know i'm i'm fairly i'm fairly new to the podcasting scene compared to a lot of people and you know and stuff like that because like eventually i started listening to giant bomb and and then eventually i I, you know went to them and and like like now it's like them and giant bomb and and all that stuff are like like i have to listen every week to their stuff because they because they're just they're so good at what they do and and uh yeah, I was really bummed when I found out about all that. And and of course I'm like I'm really bad lately about like I don't know what's going on in the news and stuff like that. I've just been preoccupied everywhere else. So like I didn't actually find out about it until I'm actually listening to this week's show or, or to the last week's show. And it, they talk about it right away in the beginning. I'm like, What? It got like <laughs> it,
1: it got like breaking news that you know they Game of former staff were being let go, and that I found out that uh, on Twitter, I'm like, "What the heck?" Yeah. Like there was to me personally, there was no signs that Game of former were going to be affected by GameStop in their restructuring because they had such a up they have such an upswing in popularity, um, definitely for this gaming industry that they wouldn't be affected like this, and I think. I think even the employees at Game Performer were shocked that this was even happening mm-hmm.
0: yeah,
2: yeah it's I unfortunately I've gone through stuff like this myself and jobs and I've seen things like this happen and yeah and it's 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 unfortunate hey, it's unfortunate I have, yeah I know I, you <laughs> have two yeah I have two yeah stores yeah, close, yeah. So. I've yeah I've I've like my very first job my very first job i i got laid off because they closed and then the job that i went to from there ended up eventually closing and then uh like it's just been like like every single place almost that i went to there was some kind of like laying off or but but yeah like it, it it's just such a bummer because uh like it's it there's always the people usually making the decisions are people who don't know anything about what's going on. Yeah. Like a lot. It's, it's unfortunate. I've dealt with that too. I like a place that I used to work at the guy who owned it. It was a restaurant who owned it. And he obviously knew nothing about restaurants or anything. He just knew that he had money. He knew he could give money to something to, to make it go. But beyond just doing, you know, funding things, like he had no idea of the business or what he was doing or anything like that, and and unfortunately, that a lot of times is the case. the The person paying for something to exist usually has no idea what that thing that exists is even doing. (laughs) You know, like they have no clue, and 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 unfortunately that's why a lot of bad decisions get made and why things tank because they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. They, they don't, they they've lost, they've lost a connection with, with what that thing is. And, and honestly, I feel like, it. you know, you'd, you'd think it wouldn't be that difficult to just try to try to understand the thing that you're running, like what it is and how it works you know, and and the people who who, you know, work for it, and and I feel like the, it wouldn't take that much effort to be able to you know make better choices. But I guess who knows though. I you know I'm not in that position. But so it's, with, with
1: game with GameStop in general, I it's a two way street in a sense because mm-hmm. the the landscape of gaming is changing in a sense. You know, you hear people making that decision that they're going to go all digital. Yeah. Um, and then you still got people who still have who still do physical and the trading and stuff, the budget to buy new games, you know, that cycle is still going there. People don't like GameStop's return policy and mm-hmm. some of the business transactions that happen there. But I'm just like, there is a... There is a shift. And I, me and Corey was even talking about this. Um, we were talking about this uh, when we were recording Tuesday. Uh, that GameStop, you know, not GameStop, Microsoft, when they was talking about all the used game deal when Xbox One first got announced, how people were so upset about that from 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 people making feel like physical is still going to be important and used game sales are still going to be important when microsoft reversed all of that got rid of all of that it's the shift in buying games and acquiring them has changed so it felt like that argument that that, that happened wasn't necessary i know people fought too for now to Voice their opinion, but now that's going away because people are now doing game pass people are now doing PS now People are buying their games digitally people are waiting for a steam or epic sale. So going into uh, To any retail store to buy a game for some people feel it's unnecessary You know it you get to play the game quicker Uh, You don't have to deal with boxes laying around your house or anything Everything is just right there in front of you and stuff. The only thing you literally have to deal with a digital sale of a game is this license, and that's it. Or if they take yeah. it off the store, you can't re-download it. So I think GameStop, you know, their business got affected by that, and some of their business with even with the rewards card and stuff, have irked some customers and stuff it's just weird on how they are going to go about it from now and it's sad to see those employees that got fired from Game Informer, you know, and they and I think, like you said, Corey, all of that stuff was out of their control Yeah, Um, you know, so it it may get to the point where we might still get the Game Reformer podcast, but you know, maybe if they do go independent will people will sign up to them if they do a Patreon. Maybe people will do a bonus Patreon like package where not only do you get extra stuff of content from the podcast and from online, but that's how you acquire to get the uh print version. Because, you yeah. know, um if GameStop if GameStop stops doing the physical version of the game of former print and just makes everything's digital they they may think that that's a saving money kind of business thing but it's just going to be like if i get your card, do i automatically also get the digital print version of of the game of former stuff
2: well, and I and I think what like like a business like decision that that could be kind of interesting too is like let's say Game Informer magazine did like move off and become its own its own thing. they they could like definitely i I believe do like a like a package deal where you could like pay a certain amount a month and get the game Informer magazine and uh, and the uh, the pro subscription to like the 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 uh, podcasts and stuff like that. I think there there's like unique things because I I honestly I think the Game Informer magazine still probably does do pretty well but i think i think like uh, there's a lot of people though that listen to the Mm podcast and like me who don't really have game informer magazine at all and i get a lot of my news and information about things through through the podcast instead of re reading it in the physical form um but i think uh, you know like i like in my opinion like with with like the kind of work that the guys do on the podcast and stuff like, like I honestly think that like if I were a company who is dealing with games and all that stuff or anything like I would definitely be looking at trying to see if I could you know pick them up because I think they would bring a lot of attention to you know like whatever it is that you know that, that, you, that you do as far as in the gaming world well, like, I know they, they would be a good team to have.
0: Well, I know that uh, two of the people who have gotten laid off have already found jobs. So, yeah, uh, but, yeah. I mean, also, I think it's hard for them to find jobs in the gaming industry unless it's like freelance or like yeah. from like from home jobs. Yeah, because like they're in Minnesota and about 90 percent of the gaming industry is in California. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Like, and, yeah. Like, you know, it's at Texas. Yeah, that I mean that too, but I mean like most of the media uh stuff mm-hmm. uh or you know yeah. even New York. So like yeah. It's it's incredibly difficult for them especially to like cuz a lot of them have families like how do you just uproot your family and say, "Hey, we're moving out west and our standard of living is going up by like <laughs> you know, 300% and uh got to figure mm-hmm. it out, you know?" And and that's that's hard, you know? And and watching mm-hmm. them yeah. post, and like the other thing too is like two of them were at Gamescom in Germany and they don't even know if they're going to be able to get to fly home, <laughs> you know. And yeah. and one of them was on vacation like how do you just do that? You know, how do you do that to people? How does yeah. that phone call go?
2: Yeah, that that was the that was the the most angering, heartbreaking part of all this is there there was no warning whatsoever. They just they just went from having a job to not having a job without any kind of buffer in between and that that's really the part that really makes me angry is when companies do shit like that because but you you know you've got you've got to let people know ahead of time so they can have time to adjust and you they know didn't even it's let just
0: their... Their insurance go through the end of the month. Yeah. They cut it off on Friday. Yeah. Like that's. Jeez. It
1: it and that well that's the thing about it, it was just I wish GameStop. I I wished if they was going to make this decision, let it be at the end of the week or let it be following week. Like they you guys got to. They have enough money where they could have let everybody. Get back to at least get back through Gangscom and stuff. Let them be able to know that they are leaving, but hey, you can't say anything about it. You know, you guys gotta clean your desks and all of this stuff. Just wait for all of that to happen, and then be like on oh, Friday, um, this is my last
0: day. Like, let them go on, like oh, uh, like let give them, let them the time. Not at end the, the week with dig- dignity and get everything yes. ready and let them like clean out their desks and
2: stuff. Like,
0: you know,
1: all right.
2: Yeah, and and like you said, like let them actually, you know, continue out the rest of the month with their insurance and things until they can get back on their feet. Like it's such BS, man. I I hate when companies do crap like that. It's just it's just awful. I
0: and I, think, <laughs> and I think sad, and it's
2: like it's because it's not like they did anything wrong. They freaking did their job day after day, and they worked their butts off. And then and then that's how you repay them. Well, yeah, maybe you don't, game. maybe you can't afford it, but you, but they did what they were there to do. The least you can do is continue doing what you should be until they you know until well, everything is back. You know the way. Well, you
1: know, GameStop. What well, they fired like with a hundred managers,
2: hundred fifty executives, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something uh, like
1: so that. you know, I think what GameStop is trying to do. I know they're trying to restructure and everything, but this is not the right way to restructure. What they did to Game Informer is going to solidify that people are going to hate. People are gonna not want to do business with you anymore, and that they will make sure that what you bring out fails. Because
0: this, this to to that point, Ed, what you said, like to watch them fail. Like I, I don't even know if, like, I mean, first of all, if you're gonna restructure, why would you get rid of people in the only part of your business that's looking up, right? Like the only part of your, like, if you're playing on keeping Game Informer, like. Why are you getting rid of people? Especially, like, if you're going to get rid of people, like, I bet the seven associate, or I think it was it was five associate editors, their managing editor, and a West Coast news guy, all right? Like, why, I, I'm sure all, if you got rid of one more executive, that one executive makes more than all seven of those people combined, right? Like, right. I, I. Like, I can almost bet money on that. So, like, why wouldn't you just get rid of one or two more, like, managers or executives or something, like, and keep the the only part of your business that's looking up, like, has an upswing, you know? Like, 6.6 million subscribers to a magazine these days is nothing to snooze at, right? Like, and, yeah, and you know, 6, 2.1% or 2.1 million of those are still getting the paper magazine. Like, that's huge right and like i know it's an incentive for you to like go into their store and get the gamestop card or whatever but like you can get game informer magazine without going to gamestop like you can order it through amazon like yeah. it's that's not you can do that you know i i resubscribe for two years for 20 bucks like that's a that's a steal for same a magazine here. like i, I <sighs> same here it, it,
1: it's for people who who weren't up, going through like the one up Ziff Davis age like seeing even like EGM you know how big they were people not only subscribing but people were going to stores buying their magazines and stuff and yeah even when the internet came people were still buying the work of EGM and just to see them all let go and how Ziff Davis clothes went up down. like that was a hard thing and it's kind of the same thing that's happening with Game Informer
2: well, like my 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 thing is, is you know, why why do you need to have four or five Game Stops in one city?
0: Yeah, that's like, the seriously. Other thing too. Like,
2: there's like why? why
0: there's there's probably four Game Stops within driving distance of me. Like, wh- I mean, like a yeah. like, ten to fifteen minute drive. Like, yeah, me too. Like. You don't need three or four GameStops per city. And, like, I know that's kind of like leftover from like when they bought EB Games and yeah. Babbage's and, and Funko Land and stuff. But, like, you don't need all those stores, man. Like, how much? I, I, like, how, if you close like 20% of your stores, right? That could have mm-hmm. saved. And, and I know that, like, those are people that need jobs and whatever. But, like,.
2: What? But they could, instead of only having two people working at one store, they could have four people working at one store and only have, and have less buildings, you know, and have 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 more people who can actually do stuff and get stuff done without having to bust their ass, you know, like how many times
0: have have you walked in the GameStop and there's, there's probably like 10 to 15 people in there and there's one person at the cash register.
2: Yeah. And like if
0: somebody has questions or somebody doesn't know what to do, like, you know how many parents go in there and just buy their kids games and stuff and it's like. How many, how many, like, Ed, you probably know this better than, than most of us, too, work in retail. Like, h- how much does it help to have at least, like, one or two more people there, <laughs> you know, when it's busy? Yeah, like,
1: when you're trying to, when the business doesn't understand that you're trying to manage how many employees you got in your store, working with hours and stuff like that, it, when stuff gets busy, it gets really hard to help everybody and everything so i mean yeah i've i've been through this multiple times
2: Mm -hmm. and stuff yeah so well and just the saving the savings from rent for for that many buildings alone mm -hmm. like they'd be saving so much money because that that kind of uh that kind of rent for those buildings that, that they're in usually that's not cheap like oh, they're no. spending a lot of money for those things to Carmel. be there. And why? Why when you could have more people actually being able to do their job? And one building versus having two, it's it just it's mind-boggling how it, dumb. It like it depends, it,
1: and well, it's mind-boggling, but it also depends on how that business treats its employees. You know, GameStop might be your dream job, but there might be a lot of responsibilities that come along with it that people don't know. Yeah. and yeah. so you know, if you got all of these responsibilities and not getting paid that to handle those responsibilities it looks like no one is really benefiting um, on wanting to work there yes I understand having four or five stores open is ridiculous they probably they're probably thinking and this is from a gangtop. Kind of viewpoint, they're thinking that if they got those stores that's in a busy residential area where there's just a whole bunch of stuff going on, definitely during holiday and Thanksgiving and Mm -hmm. birthdays and stuff, you know you don't want to go into the store that yeah you have four people and you're but if you're the only store going in in there, they may that limited quantity of gangs and stuff may may not be the best idea. You try to have four employees at one store and 15 people are trying to get four copies of Grand Theft Auto 6. Pre pre-order and ready to buy. If they don't get enough uh copies in the game, you're going to have about what nine people upset that they don't have that game. So mm. they're going to carry their business to somewhere else that's going to have that game and stuff. But if you could if you could get Six copies per store, twenty four copies, you should still have more employees and stuff. If you get twenty four copies and fifteen people go to different stores uh, to get that game, you'll still have enough. And so that's good for that particular business and everything. and I, and I do I do underst- I do get you, Jesse. I do understand trying to have uh, having one or two stores in a area. I could understand having four is kind of ridiculous if they're only about ten minutes apart, like that. To me personally, that's crazy.
2: Especially, you know, the thing is, especially when we live in the the age of like kiosks, you know, like uh, like honestly, it's to the point of where they they could almost put like a, um, a um, box style thing outside of. A buildings that that you, know that you literally could just buy a game and it will they'll come out like a vending machine. <laughs> and, and you know what the the <laughs> problem,
1: you know what the problem with that is, is that shoot you can't even get gangs out of the red box because they always go.
2: Yeah. So well, see that's the thing is I think honestly they should have they should have been investing in their own version of Redbox that was just games and like so all you know like you all that that, that that space are, that, that you, you think waste
1: that people are trying to break into that vending machine to steal those yeah. games well i mean that's, that's
0: it's the same thing sure. as movies though you're not i mean it's not like it's not like movies are are you know
2: yeah, because from that
0: type of behavior either yeah
2: Well, because honestly, like, I mean, with, you know, with places like, like Blockbuster and stuff, no, no more, like it's, it's harder and harder to rent games, you know, and there's still a lot of people out there who, who would like to rent and try out games before they buy them, Mm -hmm. you know, and that, and that would be a good way to do it. Like, I mean, my, you know, my, my son, Max, he. He, uh, whenever they go to uh, Family Video, he still wants to rent games to try stuff. You know, because mm-hmm. it's not easy as a parent to just buy every game, and you know, and try just to try it. So it, you know, it's still a nice thing to have. And and if they if they could do one that just that just focuses on games like a Red Box, I think I think that it would probably do fairly well because but like it's, the, it's it's harder it's harder to find game rentals that
1: the thing about it is, is that if if a particular game shows up on an additional platform um they will probably get it there before testing it out or they'll wait and see if they got game pass and Steady and stuff like that they may wait for that to try it there and then go and go get that game because maybe the price may drop. Or, yeah. um, they may have like a free weekend or a later on down the line, a demo will come out, uh, for it. And it, and it kind of depends on what genre of game that people but, are interested well, in getting or But playing. that's, the,
2: but that's the thing. It's kind of funny how, like in the age of the age of, uh, when everything had a demo that, mm-hmm. that, that, um, that was when people, you know, like would rent games the most and and now now that that demos are barely ever a thing anymore it's like now it would be the perfect time to have uh game rentals be bigger uh easier thing to get a hold of because we don't have as many demos of games and things like that to try before we buy it yeah, so so I it's, like, it's, like I honestly think that we're in more need of uh, game rentals the, being easier now than ever
1: The crazy the crazy thing about game rentals or demos in, in general It's kind of weird that switch is kind of the system to try demos mm-hmm. cuz it's a demo button there You yeah. could try the first 10 hour or so. Hey look Dragon Quest S uh, 11 demo dropped like yeah. out of nowhere and people downloaded downloaded where people were worried about of getting Dragon Quest, but the demos there, people were just yeah. like, "Oh, I'll I'll play a free demo of this game, and if I like it, then I'll go get the game. And if it's a, if it's cheap on PlayStation Four, I'll go get that version over the Switch." Yeah, you know that that demo is there. Why didn't Square Enix do that demo on PlayStation? Uh, on PlayStation. You know, it, it, it's so, it's just so weird when it comes to demos and stuff, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, that's, I guess our discussion on stop. Corey, you, you got anything <laughs> yeah. else? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I, it was, I wasn't expecting well, can, the
0: conversation
1: to can, go that far, can, but can, can, I say, and this is kind of, I'm, I'm sorry, everybody, uh, 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 sprucing this, it was hard to get that information and definitely with you know Sony buying Insomniac and then the Disney and Sony thing happening. It was it was weird for Monday of joyous stuff around just gaming industry to happen to feel like it was like everything crashed in assist on Tuesday with the negative news. It's kind of weird that, to have something. I don't think in I don't think in my gaming history of seeing news of that happening something very positive happening one day and then something very negative happening the next day
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so uh by the way insomniac being purchased by sony uh pretty pretty big (laughs)
2: uh well it wasn't it wasn't that interesting because it's like well i mean it was interesting but it was like this should have happened years ago. Yeah, <laughs> it, was a, it was funny because I
0: think a lot of people already just assumed Sony owned them. So
2: well, well, they practically they didn't technically, but it, <laughs> well, was like it was that—that's what they are known for—is making Sony games. You know, well, some of Sony's biggest. You know
1: titles the titles. thing about it is it's just that people were some people were waiting anticipating some people were confused because I guess Ted Price and some of the CEOs and them was just like "Insomniac was an independent company and they were always going to stay independent they were not going to allow that, they said that on a uh,
0: IGN Unfiltered episode actually they said they yeah, were yeah. proud to be one of the bigger independent studios and I mean and, so- Sony must have just really backed up the dump truck
2: yeah that's well, what i was gonna say is money money will change anyone? Well, i don't, people will stay true to what they what they think unless a lot of money gets thrown I, in
1: their face i i really don't think that insomniac has, has ever been independent i think they always relied on a publisher to well, give them money to develop their games like well, ea microsoft and sony like all of their games that they release. They may belong to Insomniac, but they have used a publisher's money to always
0: develop that game. It, well, that's, that's my that's, opinion or idea. Well, I mean that's true, but that's still the definition of an independent.
1: Well, I developer. think it, I think I think <laughs> for it I think for an independent developer, you need to also be able to develop and publish your own game. Well, no one needs
0: that's never no one, been a thing though. Like. But, 90s but and 2000s as, before self-publishing, you think that everybody was tied to a single developer?
2: Well, not I even so. not even self-published, but just the, like none of their games, if, I feel like have actually been just solely funded through them themselves, or right, at least right. their big and, ones.
1: And that and like that's they've always had
2: to get money from someone else somebody. before they and would make I've, something.
1: Right, and that's why I feel like Insomniac, just to stand Stambou, that they were an independent developer. I was just like, you are a developer that works with other publishers, like like even like Platinum Games, like they started out somewhat as an indie-dependent developer but they're not truly independent because they need it and they stated that they need other publishers to work with them to fund them as a company they're trying to go in a new direction where they can make and publish their own games but they always needed someone else to publish them I think if you were going to do something like be considered as an indie, uh, indie developer or something you know look at like Dead Cells look at um um I want to say Mutant years Zero, but I don't think... I think they got a publisher. Um, Like, Look at some of the indie games that came out that they didn't need Nintendo, or they didn't need like... Everyone
2: has a publisher. Everyone has a publisher. It's just a matter of if that publisher gave them money to make the the game, or they funded it themselves. (laughs)
0: Let's get to these other stories, because we are running out of time. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, That's a conversation for a different day. Well, we're just
2: doing questions,
0: right? right? Are we uh yeah I get. yeah I guess we can move on to questions I feel yeah. like I feel like Deshaun we answered his last uh during the whole GameStop game informer yeah. discussion really uh, cuz like I still I well actually we didn't really go into that <laughs> but I mean we talked a lot about it maybe we'll save that for next week uh I don't know is there anything out of gamescom you guys want to talk about anything exciting See
1: iconic? I I didn't even catch up with Gamescom. Yeah,
0: I'm I like, haven't. I haven't either. Like, I really just don't care. I know that the uh, Halo co-creator's game disintegration is—it looks really cool. But that was like yeah. the biggest thing that came out of Gamescom. Yeah, for me. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. I just I watched the. I, th- the only thing I've really watched was I watched like a breakdown of the uh, the uh, Xbox stuff fr- from Gamescom through the through the uh it was it was a breakdown video of what they talked about during the the um what is it yeah. called the, the xbox inside show xbox. yeah inside X- xbox and they you know they kind of like went into like gears and stuff like that which that horde mode looks awesome it and does. gears yeah it looks so fun did like, like calling and airstrikes and all that stuff did, and like did they the, show
1: a uh, the campaign cuz I thought they were saying that they were going to be showing they us the campaign.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they showed okay. a little. They showed a little bit of it and like kind of went over some of the like the things and like showed some animation and like yeah, um I think are, they're showing more of the campaign and their in their own stuff I think coming up here soon. So but yeah, that yeah, the, the gear stuff was pretty interesting to watch. And just you know, the, the just the all the all the new the new the things that they're doing where like like characters have abilities and things like that and in horde mode and all that is really cool. Yeah. I like that whole the whole concept of that and uh, and the uh, the Halo characters being brought over. Yeah,
0: the Reach characters
2: was cool. Like I liked yeah. seeing that.
0: Like but yeah. where, where's Master Chief? <laughs> where's Chief? <laughs> he's in He's
2: an he Infinite.
1: He's in. He's getting ready for his Infinite debut.
2: Yeah, I could see that that being something that comes out later even like like to to promote uh to promote uh Halo Infinite. Like they'll have like a Master Chief like uh, character that you can get or something like that or if you pre-order if you pre-order infinite you'll get master chief uh as a playable character and uh in uh gears 5 or something like that yeah i could see them doing that yeah but uh, so uh
0: i think i think i think those are the big news stories the oh the other big news story was uh two bioware producers left the producer of anthem uh yeah has, has left mm-hmm. Bioware to uh, it seemingly looks like he got poached because he said he took another position in another studio, uh, but he hasn't announced what studio that is yet. And then uh, the uh, creative director, the producer and director of Dragon Age, uh, whatever the next Dragon Age game is, has also left Bioware. Which uh, yeah, you know that ga- I don't know how far along that game is in development, but uh, you know it's that could spell some worries for some people uh,
2: i guess it it depends on it depends on what his position like you guys talked about it last week with the guy that that had left uh the halo uh franchise or whatever but like from what from what everyone's reporting like yes he he played a, somewhat of a big part in it but at the same time he really his leaving wasn't wasn't going to really affect anything as far as as moving forward because because the people who are still there were doing the majority of that work anyways like he was more of just an overseer and like Mm -hmm. and every everyone else that was that is the core of what you know infinite was going to be is still there so it doesn't really affect anything with his leaving so so that you know that was kind of trickled out after the initial announcement of of him leaving and stuff yeah uh coming out so yeah so that that was reassuring <laughs> I'm yeah. kind of kind of good to know. I mean, I didn't I didn't think there'd be too big of a problem because like I was hearing them talk on some of the other podcasts about the you know the first Halo and the second Halo basically being completely redone and they got it all done in like a year or whatever. <laughs> they got everything out and they they like restarted like a year before it came out or something like that and had to and had it all done and finished you know in a year, but. I mean it's a little bit more di- different nowadays because games are much uh, much bigger and stuff like that but yeah but, but it doesn't seem like it's a big deal yeah so
0: I mean we'll we'll see you know we'll we'll see what happens yeah. we'll see how bio I think Bioware in the next few years is going to look really different and I think a lot of people mm-hmm. are going to uh, kind of see Bioware in a different light in a few probably it's gonna take a few years. It's gonna take uh, mm-hmm. some of Anthem and Mass Effect Andromeda to wear off, but uh you know, hopefully you know, I don't think Bioware is ever a name that's gonna go away. I just I don't mm-hmm. think I think people are gonna when they think of Bioware they're gonna think of late nineties, early two thousands bioware as like peak bioware and yeah. uh, you know it's just gonna and be who a knows? studio. You know, who knows? Yeah.
2: Yeah, who knows? I mean they they could they could you know figure things out and come out with something great and and all you know anthem and and stuff will will just be a thing of the past you know i mean it's really hard to say because you know the 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 gaming industry is constantly changing and and evolving and becoming something different or you know like I, I really think with the with the the next consoles coming out too, you know, and having that more power and that more ability to do certain things, I think you know is going to be a, a a positive and a negative thing in some ways because it's going to be positive because they will be able to make better looking, bigger games. But hopefully, the industry realizes that with bigger, better looking games, you, you've also got to give people more time and you know and things like that you know so it's to me it's just like just because the game looks good
1: doesn't mean that it is going to be good there's a lot of factors that come to it so even though they will have that power and and bioware being as a historic company that they are because they got a lot of strong franchises you know it's just not going to be about looking good there they're going to have to be committed with the content that they give and really bring out some experiences that remind people on why they are bioware and why they are a, a top tier company
2: yeah yeah well and it's it's just the the thing is though too is like i it's it's unfortunate that that bioware you know has to hold a lot of the burden of the bad things and it's like You know, like, but how much of that is their fault and how much of it is, is the, you know, to blame for them just not having the kind of time and, and resources that they maybe needed to be able to finish, Mm -hmm. finish things properly, you know, and I, and I think that, that that's really gonna be something that we could hopefully see more attention being brought to uh, in the future here, because I mean, it's already kind of starting people are, you know trying to be aware of you know hey like if if a company's not letting people have enough time or overworking them that that we need to speak up about it and so i hopefully things will change and because honestly do we do we really need a new game coming out you know from the same developers every year like if if they can get give, be given the time to make a game that that takes a long time to finish and you know and has and has replayability then we don't need a game you know every year we can we can have one every three years or whatever like because there's now more than ever there's so many games being made and so many indie games like we 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 ultimately don't need as many games as we're getting as quickly as we're getting them because like everyone has a backlog because everyone's constantly trying to play all these games and we just don't have enough time in our day to play them all. So I just think that, that that companies should be able to back off and have a good chunk of time to just really develop a good game and, and not be pushed to have to have one out every like year or even two years. So I guess we'll see, but I think that I think that's something that, that I hope, uh, changes with the next, next gen. Yeah.
0: Oh man. What a, <laughs> what a I feel,
2: conversation. Yeah. I, I feel like,
0: <laughs> man, I feel like, I feel like this has been kind of like a, a downer show almost, but like I don't like it when like negative stuff is, is happening and, 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 yeah. and you know, like when I like I like Bioware games. Like I, I, I like Mass Effect and Nights Old Republic and, and those games. Like I yeah. I really mm-hmm. do like those games and like to see them struggle like this really hurts. And like I Yeah and back to the Game Informer thing, like I've been subscribing to Game Informer for almost a better part of twenty years at this point, probably longer. Yeah. And and it's just like it's it's sad when something that is so close to you yeah like you feel close to it right and it's like it's something happens it's
2: just <sighs> it's well and but well and well and that's the thing is like what you know like i i was kind of upset with like just in general like because i i for the most part even though like there were things i didn't that i was you know, bummed about that weren't being done in Anthem. I still tried to stay pretty positive about it, just because I felt like it wasn't really a hundred percent BioWare's fault. Mm-hmm. You know, and and but after a while, I just kind of gave up on it because it just everyone was just attacking and it, and it just. But the, I just I
1: just was that's like, kind of and that's kind of what I feel like with Bungie now it's kind of, they get the short end of the stick, got the unfairness. It's just like even though people made their complaint, at least play through the whole thing. Just don't Yeah you know just because i think sometimes when you're playing a game and you're trying to do your best to compare to something and it's not at that level of your comparison or your expectations that makes you think that the game is not worth playing or owning
2: you know well and that's and i did the same thing with that i like because i i do i just uh re-downloaded anthem on my xbox and i do plan on going back and playing more of it but I—that's kind of what I did with Destiny. Is I—I I just didn't say anything, you know, at first, negative about it. I just wanted to wait until they—they they get more content out and stuff, and then I'll go back and play it. And and I've been trying to go back and play it, and I've been enjoying it when we can, you know, get together and uh, and play together and stuff. Um, because that game has just kind of always been—I—I I enjoy playing it with other people, yeah. you know. So. Yeah. you know that was the only the really the only which my reminds only thing, me so.
1: for you to finish anthem in the division two please yeah i, I shouldn't be i, I shouldn't be the one it. i shouldn't be the one who wasn't on two podcasts who finished it before
2: yeah. you too i didn't well i just didn't have the time and i and i just wanted to because i want i wanted to only play it when i had someone i could play it with to to speed up the process with the little time that I had <laughs> to play it, so
1: well now it's like I think now it's a, I think Anthem now is in a
0: playable state, so <laughs> yeah,
1: I can understand.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I wonder if this I wonder if this cataclysm event is going to have a No Man's Sky slash Destiny one style effect on on Anthem. Uh, I mean, I kind of I hope it does, but you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: So. I think it's I, I like honestly think it's it, you know like it, it honestly reminds me of the very beginning early stages of of the first destiny like where it like when it first came out it was so just basic and 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 like I'm hoping that eventually here yeah that it, it's just you know changes its course because it is a bummer. Because it, it, there's so many things about that game that are amazing that no one else does, yeah. in my opinion, as well as they did it. But, but you know that can only get you so far. You know, unfortunately. Yeah.
1: Well, Corey, you want to answer Brendan D's question before we go? Uh,
0: yeah, we're going to make it quick though, because I I am running out of time. Uh, okay. Bre- how are you going to handle all these new releases this fall? Uh, well. Uh, this is Brandon D. Uh, he emailed yeah. us at contact at codename dot com, which you can also do or tweet at us or follow our social media threads. Uh, so he he wants to know how we're going to handle all these new releases. Uh, I mean, the same way I do every year, just pick and choose. And hopefully I can pay for some of them and
2: have the time yeah. to play them. Yeah. <laughs> uh take out a loan honestly <laughs> honestly
0: game, game pass has kind of been like a lifesaver in terms of yeah that regards uh and because like in terms of xbox games i want to play like gears 5 and i wanted to play devil may cry 5 which is now on game pass i want to play all these cool games and like if i would have had to spend like quote-unquote real money on them it would have been like it, it just would have been over, but for now, like yeah. it's it's. I Game Pass has been a lifesaver, so like the only games I really have to worry about at some point is uh, uh, Control and Modern Warfare. Like those are the two, only two Xbox games I'm really gonna have to figure out. Uh, and then uh, you know Nintendo is like, oh man, there's a ton of games in September that I really want in October, so I've kind of limited it to uh five I th- five games for that system too this year so uh, I,
1: uh for me i just plan on getting games and uh the way that i want to handle them that some will be backlog, but some of them i'm trying to like play all the way through finish it and then go on to the next game so i, I try to get them when they come out or if i can't get them wait a couple of weeks but um, then when I got the time and money to get them, I'll go out and get them uh, and then play them as I can. I, I try to get through stuff a little bit fast so I can move on to the next game. Um, yeah. So um, that's how I'm going to handle it. Most of my stuff that I'm getting is Nintendo uh, just like Corey uh, you know Control and Modern Warfare you know, still, I always talk about like Wreckfest and stuff, I need to get all of that, but um, one thing I can say is that I have nothing for Sony that I'm looking forward to besides uh, Concrete Genie. I think that's the only game that I'm looking forward to Sony. So I don't really have to worry about that platform. And Borderlands 3, uh, because of my decision and how I kind of view Randy Pitchford and his antics throughout uh, the Borderlands 3 stuff, um, that game now can wait
2: my my thing with with borderlands is i just feel like there's there's already enough things out there that are kind of doing what i what i want borderlands to do already so mm. like cuz i i liked borderlands uh the borderlands games and stuff and but i just i i've tried going back to them and I, they just didn't they just don't don't hook me like they did when when they first came out so i just i just think i kind of i've kind of fallen out of love with that with that franchise and i there's just so many other things so many games coming out that i don't have money for that that i want way more and i'm way more interested in so yeah. So, yeah, I think that's just kind of the thing. And luckily, you guys, you know, like focusing a lot of yours on Nintendo. I'm almost all mine's focus on on X, on Xbox. Um, I, I can't even think of, like because I mean, I do want to get Astral Chain eventually. But mm-hmm. but I, I my problem is, too, is now like I've been trying to do I want to try to do more streaming and things like that. And a lot of games that would be good for streaming that I really want are coming out. So, so I'm kind of focused more on that because because I can get more out of it uh, than just just a game. It's also you know that, and I can have fun you know it's, it's streaming just that as well.
1: A lot of new product that's coming out is just happening on Nintendo for this fall compared Mm -hmm. to a lot of stuff dropping for Xbox and PlayStation that people want to play. Yeah, Death Stranding and all of that other stuff is fine. But like Nintendo kind of just have so much coming out that people are excited for
2: it to get. Yeah. 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 So like I said, I like there's both for both of them. There's a lot of stuff coming out that I, that I, you know, that I can only get on Xbox and, and, you know, and stuff like that too so both both consoles have a lot coming out <laughs> yes oh
0: man what a show so i'm glad we got through those questions uh if you want to email us your questions uh remember you can email us at contact at uh, we're also giving away astral chain the news at the top of the show uh or housekeeping on top of the show will will tell you how to win that so stop on by email us and uh maybe you'll win uh, if you're live in the chat you'll find out who wins on on uh on saturday so yes uh yeah okay so we are actually like really over time i'm just gonna do quick quick uh outros jesse where can we find you
2: you can find me almost everywhere at phantom nxs
0: uh ed where can you find where can we find you you guys can find me at that virtual code and check out optional opinion uh you can find me at core HD 713 on twitter uh you can follow the nx show on twitter and instagram at the nx show you can also uh, like our facebook page and join our facebook group facebook.com slash group slash the nx project uh you can visit our website codemnx.com and uh yeah I'm working on editing a few things that we recorded last week uh, and some stuff from Jesse that he sent to our chat so uh, that'll be fun.
2: Mixer. Go to Mixer and add us. (laughs) Yeah oh yeah go to Mixer Uh,
0: all the links will be in the description of the episode below Uh, follow all of us including the NX show which I think we might actually be moving to Mixer uh, after this giveaway I don't want people to like you know Go go to Mixer next week and be like, "We're we're go to Twitch next week. Where are they?" I thought they were giving away something. So, (laughs) anyways, I want to thank everybody so much for watching. And until next week, we love you. Bye, everybody. Woohoo!